Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. We are finally caught up. Yeah, they just can't quit us. They said we couldn't do it, <laughs> but we're here. We are. Well, I mean, listen, it's star date 227417.4. We're here. This is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. We're talking about Star Trek Picard, season two, episode seven, a little episode entitled Monsters. Yes. In uh, the closet. Yes. In. Under the bed. The basement, under the bed, uh, in your mind. In your mind's eye. Uh, oh, and out on the streets of L.A. Indeed. Mm, monsters. Uh, but before we get into monsters, we should probably do our little thing about uh, Patreon. What say ye? Well, I say that uh, join us on Patreon, why don't you? We have lots of fun mm. things to entice you into our nerdy nerdy world we have zoom hangouts we have previously netflix watch parties which we will somehow figure out what they're going to be now that most of star trek is not on netflix we have early access to audio episodes as well as exclusive access to video episodes of the shows as we run them down you can join us live as we run them down uh, which is very exciting and you'll also get potential you, you could you could in fact get a patron shout out what? on the show Yes, indeed. Very, very exciting stuff. And all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash set phases, select your level. You could join us as a commander. You could join us as a lieutenant or an ensign, whatever suits your budget. Uh, but that is patreon.com forward slash set phases to join our crew and go boldly with us into uh, nerddom and uh, more Star trek fun. Yeah, see you there. Be square. Yes, be squarer than us. Yeah, don't don't be. I mean, don't be terribly square, but uh, but be square enough to join us on Patreon. Well, with that out of the way, shall we fully catch up and run down this episode? Woo. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Talk about the car down. That's your big Oh, big Um, <laughs> okay. Sleeping on the job, Aki. I forgot that we were doing Star Trek. Okay, that doesn't matter. Because the point of this whole episode is that you start confused. Like I just did. You're confused. What's going on? We begin with Picard. Uh, well, we begin with a big shot of the sun. Blazing and boiling as suns do. But we begin with Picard. Uh, 
in a tux going through some sort of uh, interview or or evaluation. We find out eventually that it is a psych evaluation. The the evaluator seems to believe that Picard has been humoring him, and the last thing Picard said was that he had a fear of enclosed spaces. Picard says, yes, <laughs> the man who hates enclosed spaces spends his life in the infinite cosmos. The psychiatrist asks Picard if he's worried that he's not interesting. Uh, Picard said it's not his job to be interesting. But the psychiatrist like, like, even your best friends call you captain. I mean, who is Jean-Luc, really? Uh, they reach this impasse, and Jean-Luc's like, we've been here for 40 minutes, nothing's going on. In fact, it's only been 20 minutes, but it needs to be an hour because it is a, a routine psych eval. And the psychiatrist uh, is like, listen, why don't you, uh, I don't know, tell me a story. We got to talk, so tell me a story. He picks up the, uh, the model of the sun, hands it to Picard, and says, tell me a story, like a children's story. Picard tells the story of a, a queen with fiery red hair who was good at telling stories. And then we flash in, we envision his mother, uh, Yvette, I believe, uh, as the, she's wearing a crown, a queen, and she's painting on those windows in that atrium that he was staring at in the first episode. And she's telling a story to a young Jean-Luc who's wearing a crown as a prince. Story of a noble prince and their fight against uh, an, a sorcerer, but they were able to fool the sorcerer who had lost his powers and the sorcerer fades away. The lesson is, she says, there is no better teacher than one's enemy. His mother's, you know, Picard, young Picard. This is going to get confusing. There's going to be a couple of Picards. Young Picard, young Jungle, the prince, uh, is told by his mother that he's very much like his father and that he's expressive with his hands rather than his mouth. Young Picard says, oh, no, I don't want to be like him. I want to be more like you. And Yvette says, no, 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 you're a prince and you'll need to use your words to uplift people. She says she can see the future. And then we're back in the psychiatrist's office and uh, older Picard is saying, well, maybe she could because uh, like an animal, she could sense danger. And then we flash back to the atrium and the paintings start to move menacingly in the windows. It's terrifying. And uh, and the mother, uh, the, the queen takes the prince and they run back into the house and they close the doors on the atrium just as all the windows shatter. And they go running into the basement tunnels, and uh, they're running through one room, and Picard's foot gets stuck, and his mother comes back to try and save him, but then is pulled away into a, a further room. And we realize uh, this is all in Picard's head. No need to be confused. Remember? Remember that we were going to jump into a subconscious? That's what we're doing here. It's episode seven. So back at the clinic, uh, which I looked up. You know, this clinic is called Clinic La Mariposas. Which I'm pretty sure I didn't look up is the clinic of the butterflies, the butterfly clinic. Little uh, that is correct with my knowledge of uh, Spanish. Yeah, well, you know, butterfly effect in full effect. Anyway, they're back in the clinic. Seven is uh, seven, and Rios and and, uh, and Rafi are there as long as well as Talon and Picard is on the bed. Seven is worried that they haven't heard from Gerardi. And Gerardi was uh, exhibiting slightly be, be, be alarming behavior the night before, i.e. she sang in front of the whole crowd with the band. And also Rios points out she kissed him, which throws everyone for a loop. So Rios is going to stay with Picard and Talon and the Gerardi, uh, and Rafi and Seven are going to go look for Gerardi. So they beam back to La Serena. Uh, Rafi and Seven find themselves immediately locked out of the controls. And why? How? What? Who? What? by Borg encryption. <gasps> now they're like, what's going on with Gerardi? We better figure this out because we need the ship to find her and we need the ship to get home. Meanwhile, Talon attaches her brain transmogrifankle 
uh, Dink to her head and one little thing to Picard's brain. And nota bene, the thing that goes on her head looks very much like uh, Romulan ears, but whatever. I'm sure that's mm. nothing to do with anything. Oh, we will not find out about that no, later. No, of course not. <clears throat> Uh, and so she beams into his subconscious and she arrives at the tunnels that the prince and the queen ran into under Chateau Picard. Meanwhile, older Picard is in the psych evaluation and he senses something seemed to change when Talon arrives. He jibes the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist jibes Starfleet is holier than thou. He mentions, well, Picard, you haven't finished your story. And Picard says, well, sometimes stories end with just a boy alone scared in a dungeon. Uh, the psychiatrist says that, okay, fine. He writes that down on his pad. He writes that Picard is hopelessly bleak and he should be relieved of duty. And he says to Picard, you want to go out into space and you might do a suicide mission with your crew and there are a thousand ways to die out there. Picard goes, what? What did you just say? Meanwhile, Talon is exploring the dungeon inside of Picard's memory. We hear echoes of Picard as I am Locutus of Borg and speaking to Q and well, she finds young Picard, young Jean-Luc stuck, tries to release him, but he says he can't leave without his mother. His mother told him to stay in place. And if he moves, then how will she be able to find him? She suggests that then they should go try to save his mother. And he says there's a monster that took her and everything in the dungeon is on the monster's side. And just as he says that all the doors slam and everything is locked and it's terrifying. Back in the office inside of Picard's brain. That's right. The session is over. He is told and he can leave. But as he goes to leave, the psychiatrist mentions a little something under his breath. I mean, go back and hide wherever you hide, Picard. Uh, they told me about you. They said you were stubborn. And Picard takes umbrage that people are talking about him, that he's been inquired about directly. And he realizes in that moment that something about this situation is not right. It's not right. It's simply not real. Uh, Psychiatrist challenges him by saying, well, then, you know, we're all here for you in like a creepy like, yes, of course, it's not real. Uh, but say something real. What is the quote ever righteous Jean-Luc hiding? And then there is a banging. And in the dungeon, Talon and the prince are wondering. Picard, uh, young Jean-Luc says they need to find the white door to find his mother because that's where she's always behind, but it moves. And that's when they're attacked by monsters, each of them, and they're pulled apart from each other. Meanwhile, Dr. Teresa Ramirez returns to the clinic with her son. Rios, of course, has locked the door to Picard's room because they're doing weird alien stuff inside. She curses him out. She demands the keys. He tells her to have an open mind. She opens the door. She finds Picard and Talon. It's crazy. And then she's creeped out by Rios. And Picard is not responding to his medication, and he's kind of like, I don't know what the word is. Shaggy. He's shaggy for B. He's moving around, jumping around. He's fribble. No, but that's like a thing. Well, let's say he's fribrillating. Yep. Picard is on the the hospital bed, and he's fribrillating. And she's unable to get things to work. Uh, and uh, she's like, we got to take him to a hospital. I don't have what we need here. And Rios decides, you know what the hell with this whole time thing? We got to find him something now. He turns around. He pulls out his badge. He calls to Rafi. He says he needs a neural stabilizer stat. Rafi sends one over via transporter. The doctor is shocked. Rio says, don't worry about where this came from or what it does. I trust you. You're a doctor. Just focus and try to fix his brain. And she tries. Meanwhile, Talon inside in the dungeon. She headbutts the monster demands that the prince be released the monster laughs ha 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 and fades away she realizes that maybe the prince is doing this on purpose he's shackled now and he doesn't want to be unstuck and uh he says like if he gets unstuck then he won't find his mom but talon convinces him to try a different path to be unafraid to trying something new and to know that he's not alone this time 
and with her bare hands she breaks the shackles, and Picard stabilizes in the clinic. Was it because of what Dr. Teresa Ramirez, Ramirez did, or was it because of what Talon did, or was it a little column A, a little column B? I don't know. Uh, and inside his mind, Talon and young Picard walk to the door back into the house, and they kick it open, and they walk back in into the main part of the chateau. Meanwhile, on La Serena, Seven has figured out how to break uh, into the systems of the ship. She had to use an encryption that she remembered back from her Borg days. And she finds some video of Gerardi dressed up for the gala, so either before they left or in the middle, maybe that period of time when we didn't know what was happening with Gerardi. Gerardi shows up, and using her hands and weird stuff, she puts Borg code into the ship. And so Gerardi and Rafi realize... And so Seven and Rafi realize they must find Gerardi immediately. I'm going to keep all these people straight. I'm telling you. Meanwhile, uh, Picard, older Picard, and the doctor in the doctor's office, that all melts away, and Picard meets Talon and young Picard there in the main chateau in his mind. He's confused. The banging starts again. They turn around. They see the white door, and next to it, the, the evaluator from before. And Picard confronts him and says, Is this he who locked away the queen all this time? And we learn that that person, that he... Uh, was Picard's father. Uh, whose name is Maurice, apparently. What a lovely mm-hmm. name. Uh, Picard says his father ruined his mother and was cruel, and he was the monster. And the father says, oh, I may be cruel, but not in the ways that you think. Uh, remember this memory again. And Picard opens that book of drawings that he has, and we see the scene again from the perspective not of the fantastical story, and it's really Yvette uh, reacting to the still paintings. And she tells her son, young Picard, grab whatever you love. And he grabs his uh, book of sketches. And she says, they have to run down into the tunnels, even though Picard's afraid of the dark. She says, it's just a game, just a game. But I can't breathe up here in this house. So they're running down the stairs. Picard drops his pad en route. He gets stuck like last time. But this time his mother is too uh, frantic, too fr- scared. To st- she didn't turn around. It's not a monster that pulls her away. She just keeps running. And it was Maurice. Maurice Picard, who found young Jean-Luc later, hours later, was only able to find him because of the book on the stairs. And he says, Yvette has been suffering from these bouts of terrible darkness and irrational exhilaration. And they see her trying to get her to come back upstairs, and she's struggling, and she's freaking out. And so he says he had to lock her away for her own safety. So, in fact, there was no monster chasing Yvette. It was her own demon. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote. They didn't say that. I thought it was cute to go monster. It was her own demons. Anyway, Picard admits that he may not have known his father as well as he thought. Then, older Picard and Maurice Picard disappear, and it's just Talon and young Jean-Luc Picard, and the white door and the banging, and Yvette asking to be saved. Uh, But Talon walks over and sees that young Picard is in pain, and she says, you'll do so much with this pain, you'll help so many people. And then, as she says, turns for them to go, she sees Picard is still standing at the door and he pulls a big ornate key out of his pocket. And she says, no, there's more to this story. But then Picard wakes up and Talon wakes up and they're both in the hospital. Meanwhile, Rios outside of the room has been drawing on the wall with uh, Teresa's son, Ricardo. They're drawing in the wall on chalk. They're drawing like spaceships and stuff. And Ricardo says, oh, you're a spaceman alien. And Rios is like, I'm a human. And Teresa is concerned about who he really is, though. She wants him to be the good guy. But she's like, if you're an alien, a spaceship, I don't trust my instincts. And Rios is like, you should trust your instincts now. And she's like, I don't know. And then Rios says, "Okay, Ricardo, you want to check out something cool? And he says, I have something to show both of you. 
And then I guess since he's thrown this whole caution of the continuum into the wind, he transports himself, Dr. Ramirez and Ricardo to La Serena, his spaceship. Meanwhile, Rafi and Seven are trying to tra track down Gerardi and they find footage of her entering a bar called Deacon's. She enters, walks around, makes some eye contact. She walks to a nearby window and banging on it several times, she shatters it with her hands. And as she does that, we see the nano proby thingies traveling across her skin and her eyes go dark as the Borg Queen continues to maintain control. Meanwhile, Picard gets surprised at the situation from Rafi. He says, keep me, you know, let me know what's going on. It seems so strange. Talon confirms that Renee Picard, remember Renee? She's the astronaut in this time that has to go to Europa. She's fine, and there's been no sign of Q or Sung since last night. And Picard mentions, we'll see about that. He also mentions that, uh, hey, you know, their uh, <laughs> personal boundaries, uh, they may have pushed past pretty strongly, at least on his end. And Talon offers up a secret of her own. She reveals that it's a, a holographic technology that makes her appear human. She has, in fact... Romulan is. She's a Romulan. 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 And Picard's like, oh, snap, you are a Romulan. Maybe you are an ancestor of the Laris that we know. And that tech could be pretty useful in the future. And Talon's like, well, it's pretty limited. Uh, I can't use it again for eight hours. I'm sure that won't come back. Who knows? Mm -hmm. She wants to know if Picard's all right. He's like, it's fine. We got to get back on the mission. She says, I don't know. There's something in that vision. It's not done yet. And if that's what Q's brought you back to see, then isn't it important that we find the end of that? But Picard's sort of avoiding that. And he goes, no, the thing that I've learned is that this is not about me. Even though he's been toying with me, it's not about me. This is about Q. I've always classified Q as unknowable. But now I realize, my mother told me, there's no better teacher than one's own enemy. So Picard wants to summon Q to speak to him directly and find out what's going on. They can use that to change the stakes. But that's beyond Talon's capabilities. And he says, oh, no, I had someone else in mind. All right. Uh, Picard then goes to visit Guinan at 10 forward. Yeah, she's still there. She didn't leave. She said she was going to leave, but she stuck around. He asks for help in his Picardian way, which is not really asking, but sort of demanding. She explains this whole thing about the Elorians and the Q Continuum and how they had this Cold War, but at the end of it, they came to a truce, and the truce was done over a bottle of drink because Elorians associate unity with food and drink. The liquor, liquor captured within that bottle, which she is holding in her hand, is the essence of the truth, and it contains something she describes as a half-life of the events that actually happened. She opens it. The bar shakes like there's an earthquake. All the glasses fall to the floor and shatter. She pours some of this weird green beverage into a thing, drinks it, everything continues to shake. She screams. It gets more intense, and then she stops screaming, does a little <laughs> cough at the end of it. Everything stops. And no cue. It didn't work. Meanwhile, Rafi and Seven are trying to figure out how they're going to find Agnes. Seven, seeing the shattered glass on the ground from the window, has an idea. She goes to a garbage can, finds an empty bottle of beer, throws it on the ground. She realizes that she gets a rush of endorphins from breaking things. And that's what the queen wants, because those endorphins will allow her to take over the host quicker, as we established in the last episode. Rafi wonders, okay, well, how long do we have before the queen is strong enough to start assimilating people? And Seven is like, I'm not sure. This is, we're looking at the birth of a new Borg queen. Called it. Now Florka shows up. Anyway, new Borg queen, and they may have doomed the future that they were trying to save because now the Borg will have come to Earth well before humanity is even able to, to barely deal with it. And so she says, we gotta get Picard. 
what should be a piece of cake because meanwhile picard's at 10 forward no cue whatever the door rings they all look up they think maybe it's cue now it's just some dude in a trench coat he comes down the stairs he's like hey the place said it was open she's like it's not open he's like hey can i just have one drink real quick i'm celebrating and then i'll get out of your hair and He's like, what should I drink? And she's like, oh, you're one of those guys who would ask for bourbon really wants to drink white wine and read his nonfiction drivel. Uh, she gives him the wine and says, hey, have this and go. Uh, and she goes back to talking to Picard, but the man interrupts. He's talking about, oh, hey, science fiction. You guys science fiction types? You spacey types? He's like, absolutely not. He walks over to them and goes, you know, I love science. Science is aspirational for me. Like, check this thing out that I saw. And he shows them a video on his phone. It is a video of Picard beaming onto the street in front of 10 forward originally when he did that a couple days back to find Guinan. Guinan tries to say, ah, it's a glitch of my computers. The guy says, well, maybe, but nonetheless, I'm gonna have to take you in. He pulls out a badge. He's FBI. He's taking Picard and Guinan into custody. Picard cleverly and surreptitiously drops his comm badge on the ground amidst all the clutter of broken glass and they are taken away. And that is the end of episode seven, season two. Star Trek Picard, entitled Monsters. 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 You can do it better than I do. I just Monsters. can't do it. Well, I can't go. I can't do it audibly. I'm not used to air going the way. Don't want to hurt yourself. You need to use that. That's your that's your instrument right there. Okay, this is not uh, we. Uh, okay, uh, let's chat about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's come back to whatever you were about yeah. to say, though, after that. It has nothing to do with Star Trek. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do Well. Well. It's bonkers. It is bonkers. I, well, it was a bit slow. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we've had so many kind of episodes setting up story, but I can kind of see why it was necessary. And I did find it, obviously, we all are Picard fans and backstory is fun. So what did you think of uh, mini Picard? And did you think that there was anything missing, should we say? Missing from Picard? Mm-hmm. As a person? Yeah, all right, I'm just, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm not going to lead you. Yeah. Um, where was Robert, the brother? Well, I think that the mother mentions in the first episode that... It- uh, Robert is in school. He's oh. like doing a lot of studying, and the father is going to be digging in the dirt or something like that. So that's mm. that's the whole thing. They were going to be playing in that atrium together. They'd be together and okay. be able to hang out. I think that's the issue. So I, I assume Robert, is, Robert. A, is in a school somewhere uh, studying uh, things. But yes, Nicole. Robert's not there. Uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting concept. I, what I did realize upon the second watch is that a lot of the themes of the story a lot of there's like a lot of i don't know if they're easter eggs or little hidden things but there's a lot of like meta uh representations of things that are happening in the real world for example uh the prince versus the evil sorcerer who fades away that's certainly picard and q right uh tunnels underneath (laughs) as subconscious i mean i don't know that's what i thought as subconscious uh, and all these things about these subconscious motivations and uh, enervation and impulse and the, the id with the Gerardi and, and the queen using the endorphins to make Gerardi change more quickly. Uh, so I thought that uh, I thought it was an interesting thing. We get to see that Picard's relationship with his father is complicated. We also get to see within Picard that there is an element of a misunderstanding, even of Picard, of his own 
childhood mm. situation that first version of it which is like his mother can do no wrong and she's trying to save his life and the second iteration of that which is that his mother was deeply troubled and that he didn't fully understand her condition and uh and maybe it's somewhere in between who knows but uh that his father was not the we who we assumed the whole time was the monster it was not his father the monster is within and that's the third meta thing which is yes. i think uh you know picard picard as the evil general who collects skulls is a monster uh, mm. that q is trying to show that he is although there's still something un you know we don't know the rest of that memory slash story yeah. episode so i'm curious how that all goes out but it was a very slow i knew when you know when the last episode ended i was like we're gonna go into picard's mind it's gonna be a slow weird episode and it was also mm -hmm. picard's mother was her own monster did you mean was, i was well i said she had her own demons don't you recall <laughs> but the I, I thought she was her own yes no no she is her, that's it she's the monster she is her own monster she's yeah. not locked behind a white door to be saved she's she's locked because she's she's dangerous to Picard but mm -hmm. it's still interesting that she is the one giving him the majority of the wisdom like know your enemy and uh, or that your enemy is, is the best teacher and also to look up which is what the Borg queen who is faceless says to Picard in, at the end of episode one and uh, also she says she can see the future mm -hmm. I don't do you think the Borg Queen actually said that, or was that in his mind when things are all about to be blown up? I don't know. I think we've got to find out. Or, in fact, it was the Borg Queen, because if he was Locutus, then she would have that memory. She would have that memory, yes. she. Pro mm. In fact, the Borg Queen, if it's the one who knew Locutus, might know the whole story, right? Yeah. More so even than Picard, because it's part of his subconscious. I don't know. You could say it's so it's like a this was like a real this wasn't like a popcorn mm, oh oh yeah, Jurati mm. singing huh, action, a pew 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 pew, you know, escape from the bus and get you know, this was a very like who is Jean Luc Picard? And I sort of knew that uh, Ooh, yeah. who is Jean Luc yeah, who, who is he? What, what, is, what trauma is he hiding uh, from his time in the chateau? Uh, <laughs> uh et cetera, et cetera. Uh <laughs> Um, I, I wrote down that the clinic was called Mariposa, uh, and I think the butterfly effect is going to be a pretty big deal. They well, seem to think. all have not They've given a shit about it. They've thrown it out the window right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, with Rios just bringing everyone on board yeah. to show off his his spaceship. This is my spaceship, My spaceship. Also, Picard and, and uh, Guinan being picked up by the FBI, there's really no way to restore this timeline at this point. Good right? luck with that, yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about the whole Rios B plot line with Teresa and like, I'm just not sure where it's going. Yeah, I think that's the real question for me. I have no idea where it's headed because I, I mean, did. It needs to have something else other than, well, I just like the taste of real things. Well, I mean, that could be enough for somebody like Rios who doesn't, who he explains in this episode more of this meta stuff. He's never had a father figure and views Picard as kind of a father figure. This is very uh, paternal uh, conflict slash uh, uh, reversal sort of episode. Uh, um, and he's sort of out of place, out of time dealing with his own demons, even though he's, it seemed like he had found a nice position for himself in. Uh, you know, commanding the Stargazer. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is he going to stay behind? Is he eventually going to say goodbye to this lady and her kid? Because he's like, they're really making it seem like he's becoming the father figure for Ricardo, you know? 
Mm-hmm. You know, father on top of father on top of father, as the old song goes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm confused by that one. Uh, I think it's nice. I I always love a uh, a Star Trek trope where someone from the past sees the ship and goes ho, and like you know she like drops her cup and it's just a gog. Yeah. I feel like if we had I feel like we've had another like coffee dropping moment. I can't remember when the last one was though. Never mind. It, in this episode? I mean uh, No, in, in this the series. series. Season. In this season. season. Do we have another cup drop that does sound familiar. Why didn't we have a cup drop? Someone oh, drop well. a cup. Never mind. Maybe it's just me. It I you know like the the coffee cup drop is it, it's cliché. Yeah. They're like, hold on to your coffee while I train. If I was going to transport somebody hold to my beer. spaceship, I'd be like, hey, you might want to put that coffee down. Right. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, we have some uh, some interesting, some notable uh, appearances. First of all, Sonny Ozell. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. The, re- the real Patrick Stewart's wife and mm-hmm. artist who uh, we in the New York music scene may know from places such as Rockwood Music Hall. Indeed. seen in person. Yes, we don't know her personally. Let's just uh, give that caveat. No, 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 no. We've seen her in person. I do not know her personally. Uh, personally. But it was interesting to see her there and singing the song uh, when Gerardi enters the bar and all that. And the song is like, you're not going to contain me. No one can hold me back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As the board queen smashes the window. And secondly, this may only be for me, because I don't know if you ever watched the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, but Maurice Picard is played by James Callis. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, of course, there's also, wasn't he also in Bridget Jones' Diary? He was, yes. yes. He was the, the gay best friend who That's had a right. hit, some sort of pop hit. That's right. That's the one. Weren't you that guy that had that, that hit one? Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. Uh, I may need to go back and watch Bridget Jones' Diary and uh, subsequent sequels. But yes, James Callis played a really a scene, a, ch- a scenery chewing character on a different uh, science fiction vehicle, Battlestar Galacta. He played Gaius Baltar. Uh, so it was nice to see him. And I immediately, it kind of gave it away for me. I was like, he's going to be Picard's dad. Because mm. it was just too, I was like, he's too important of a cameo to be like, I'm nobody. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I liked it. They had they had a nice awkward rapport. Mm-hmm. I think the FBI guy, from what I was reading, I feel like he was in. There was some other, probably Battlestar Galactica, and also he played somebody in Voyager once. So he does have some sort of Trek credit to um, his name. Um, should we Google that immediately? You want to? I sure do. I don't know how I'm going to do it though. Why not? You can His name is Jay Carnes, most probably famous for his role as Dutch in The Shield. Don't know what that is. He's no stranger to time travel or Star Trek. In the 1999 Voyager episode Relativity, he played a temporal agent from the 29th century named yes. Duquesne. Um, but yes, I think that. Oh, and sorry, it wasn't. Oh yes, he was. He was. He played Gaius Baltar on Battlestar Galactica. No, that's James Callis. Oh, sorry, I'm reading that one. Uh, Carnes would. What am I The fact that Jay Carnes is an episode with James. Okay, so I think there was some. What's the word? The tenuous link between James Callis and Twelve Monkeys because. Oh yes. 
Jay Kynes is an episode of The Kynes with James Callis, and he's James Callis was in Battlestar Galactica, as you said. He also played Ethan Cole, the time-traveling son of Cassie and James, in, in the Twelve Monkeys reboot. And in that same show, James Carnes played a recurring character named Robert Gale, who worked as an FBI agent from the 1940s. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen Carnes uh, as like a G-man in several different things. I haven't. I don't think I watched the new Twelve Monkeys, but I might have. Uh, but I feel when I saw him come in, I was like. Again, sometimes they do this with actors where you're like, this guy is a federale. There's no way he's not. He always plays an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, he's, he's either he's like a different cue. That was my thought when he arrived. Like, hi, I'm another cue. Or he's here to arrest them. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Speaking of the cue part, did you like the part where young Guinan did that hand thing? Oh, yeah. That was great. That was a good that I can't was a good even do Easter it now. But it yeah. was something like that. <laughs> Yes, that's it. Whatever. Yeah, I think it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, who can forget that first scene where Guinan meets Q and <laughs> from behind the bar? Um, it's, yeah. yes. it's very cat like. <laughs> magic power. They're going to do magic fight against each other. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go on to quotable moments. <laughs> All right. Um, there are a lot of exchanges that I thought were super cool. I didn't write down all of them, but I have a few quotable moments that I really quite loved. I had two. Uh, please, what are yours? Um, when Talon jumps into Picard's mind and she says, this is your mind sober, I bet five drink Picard mm-hmm. is a blast. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say my, five drink Picard. <laughs> my other one, when Teresa asks uh, Rios, are you from outer space? He says, I'm from Chile. I just work in outer space. Which, in fact, is a fun reference to a line Picurk. Picurk? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> what does a Star Trek, what sound does a Star Trek chicken make? Picurk. Picurk. Which is a line. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you try to say Picard and you burp in the middle of it, and other times you try to say Kirk. Picard and Kirk at the same time. Picard. Indeed. You know, that's this is that was my blooper. You had your moment, this is mine. Yeah. Um it's a reference to a line that James Picard made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forget when it was. Um I put my reference down. Uh, from an original TOS episode. I can yes. find it and put it in the show notes if you are so interested in that line um, i sort of remember that he says something he says almost exactly the same thing right like i'm from Nebraska. i'm from iowa i just work in space or something like that yeah oh um i can probably find it if you want but oh, it's oh not, it's uh, i've got it uh, yeah. it's from reminiscent of kirk and jillian or gillian in star trek for the voyage home yes um yes i don't know what the original line was oh wait he I, says don't tell me you're from outer spaces now i'm from iowa you're correct Okay, mm-hmm. I only yeah. work in outer space. I would be surprised if I remember dialogue from the original series because uh, I watched so much of that young and or uh, sleepy in college. But Star Trek Four: Voyage Home, yeah, yeah, I got those. You are. looking well for done. those nuclear vessels, baby. Nuclear okay. vessels. Vessels. Uh, okay, I've got a couple quotes. I loved Rafi being not into Gerardi and Rios getting back together. And she said, if that whole thing starts up again, I quit the gang. And then Seven gives her like an appraising look. And she's like, what? Oh, you and me? No, see, we're totally different. Our pain is beautiful and tragic. And everyone loves hearing about it. I thought it was very good. Uh, and 
Oh, of course. Uh, uh, Rios, when he brings him to a ship, he says, Welcome to La Sirena, my ship, my spaceship. And Ricardo says, I'm going to touch everything. And runs off. I thought that was cute. Uh, that's what I would do if I was a child in a spaceship. Anyway, those are our quotable moments. Indeed. There weren't a ton of Easter eggs. We kind of covered them mm-hmm. in our quick chat or quotable moments. So I can't, I don't have anything to offer. You've got nothing to offer. I don't. Well, I guess we go straight on to uh, next time. Alrighty then. Next time on Set Phasers. And this is completely out of place because I forgot to mention it. But this time I did notice uh, Talon's accent being bad as she was trying to cover up her Irish oh, it's accent. I, I'm Irish blind, so I was like, hey, she's from America. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Thank you so much for joining us. As usual, uh, I can't uh, hear an Irish accent and t- discern it from a Brooklyn accent. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we make these episodes weekly whenever there is Star Trek to cover and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts and should you do so feel free to rate and subscribe and tell other people about it indeed and don't forget you can join us on the old Patreon I think next week we might be having our uh, monthly session I think if so. you will yes we just haven't planned it uh, as of yet but we're usually on the some sort of possibly third Sunday of each month patreon.com forward slash said phases Aki stop dancing at me it's highly distracting oh, I apologize <laughs> I did mean to dance yes and uh, if that's not enough for you you could join uh, our social media family a social media family yeah sure um, we're on Facebook and Instagram as said phases podcast do join us smash that like button and <laughs> Uh, Beam Game Strong, it's all Stevie. I just sit here and watch it happen. Well, that's everything from us, so until next time, I'm Stevie Mans. And I, like Maurice Picard, am a studier of the human condition. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.